Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. I'm very hesitant to tell people to invest in NFTs uh, because... It's so difficult to know which project is going to do well. Uh, I would, I would, if you want to start dabbling, I would rather start approaching it from a more cultural or fun perspective. These projects just are fun. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Hey, 
Hey there, real quick before we jump into the episode, I want to ask you a quick question. Did you know that on this show, I love to answer your money questions and share your success stories? Your questions can be vague, in-depth, or just anything in between. You can stay anonymous or share your first name. It is completely up to you. And there are no dumb questions. Okay, we've got a short little form you can fill out to have your questions or success stories shared in an upcoming Shauna Shares episode. Just click over to the show notes and tap on the link or head straight to bit.ly slash Shauna Shares. Cool? Okay, on to the episode. Hey, welcome back to the show. I have been looking forward to this episode for quite some time because I have got a lot of NFT questions. It feels like all I'm reading these days is more about NFT hacks and losses. So I was really curious to know literally everything. (laughs) What are NFTs? How do you create one? And are NFTs actually investments that you should spend your money on? Also, I'm just a bit curious if NFTs are just another passing fad or if they're really here to stay. So I knew just who to talk to. Stephen Young is the founder and CEO of Neftify, a company that allows NFT owners to use the assets you own to access liquidity, aka cash. As Stephen says in our conversation, NFTs are simply memes you can invest in. Hmm. That is interesting, my friends. I think we need to know a lot more about NFTs. So let's get talking. All right, Stephen, I am so excited to have you join us on the podcast talking about all things cryptocurrency, NFTs, all those things that we're, we're desperately trying to figure out. What is this? So thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to, to dive in. I have a lot of questions for you, but I, I want to start here. The last few years really have brought on this kind of new lingo in the finance world, which there already is this lingo in the finance world. So I think we're talking about cryptocurrency. There's a lot of words and phrases. People are like, I don't understand this. So we're talking about NFTs today. And let's just start very, very simply at the beginning. Can you explain to us what is an NFT? Yes, I think uh, NFTs is one of the the worst branding names ever. Um, <laughs> non fungible tokens, it doesn't quite roll off the tongue, does it? Um, but right. But if really the the way to think about it at the highest level is, you know, NFTs are unique digital things, you know, that you can own. So um, before you would have uh, digital items, but you never really owned it. So, you know, if you, you didn't own your, um, your Instagram account, for example, that Instagram could at any time decide that you, you, they're closing that down for you. Uh, whereas now with NFTs, you're using a lot of the same technology that allows, um, cryptocurrencies to work to allow people to own unique digital items. Um, and, and this is obviously taken off quite a lot in the digital, um, Art space, generative art, gaming assets, and also these like profile picture projects, right. uh, which we can talk about. Uh, but, but yeah, you can just think of it as kind of, if you think of cryptocurrencies as internet native money, you can think of NFTs as internet native property rights. I think there's probably some people listening right now that are saying, wait a minute, you mean I don't own my Instagram? <laughs> Nope, you you are uh, you're at the mercy of Instagram. At any point, they can decide you're doing something they don't like and close you down. At, actually, there's a story about Vitalik uh, Buterin, the guy who founded um, Ethereum, and one of the things that made him decide to build Ethereum actually is he had a character in World of Warcraft, uh, and World of Warcraft 
suspended his account and he lost it uh, and he was very upset about that so so there's a bit of nft uh in the the foundation of a lot of the cryptocurrencies that we're working on so is is that sort of basis of what you've been talking about is that what has really spurred the interest in NFTs? Because I mean, I don't know how long actually NFTs have been around, but I feel like it hasn't been that many years that I've, that I've heard about NFTs, but you're the expert. So, you know, tell me. So NFTs really like 2017 ish. Uh, The the first really big project was uh, CryptoKitties uh, and they, they pioneered a lot of the standards that a lot of uh, projects are working with now. Um, so that was around about 2017. For a while, even there back then, it really took off uh, it, to the point where uh, the CryptoKitties game basically brought the Ethereum network to a standstill because of the amounts of transactions people were executing uh, breeding cats. Um <laughs> That just sounds very interesting. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, like the, the kinds of conversations I, I have uh, on a day-to-day basis are, are pretty strange. <laughs> um, but anyway, so the so CryptoKitties, uh, they were really the first. But then it was just this small kind of underground group of people who are basically, you know, launching their own projects, selling to each other. You know, there's a few thousand people kind of trading back and forth. And, and kind of there was this under-bubbling, you know, innovation and just a sense of trying new things and doing stuff just because it's cool. Uh, And then all of a sudden kind of 2021 ish, it just became mainstream and it just went, I I cannot believe how far it's come in in the last uh, 18 months or so. Um, So it was kind of bubbling around under the surface and then just kind of hit this critical mass. And I think compared to cryptocurrencies, it's just much more relatable to to most people. You know, people don't really always like want to talk about finance. Maybe your your audience is a little bit different, but you know, the average person, you know, it's not the the thing that everybody wants to talk about over a weekend. But when you can talk about, you know, Snoop Dogg buying a crazy picture of an ape or, or something yeah. like that, like that's just it's a little bit easier to to kind of fit into popular culture, I think. It's very interesting human nature, right? <laughs> yep. We'll, we'll easily talk about that, but ask us something that we, I don't know, some money mistake we made or something we went over budget on and, and suddenly we just do not want to talk about that. <laughs> yep, 100%. But, you know, I think we're social and cultural animals and I think, you know, NFTs tap into culture in a way that cryptocurrencies don't really. Mm, that's really interesting. So tell me a little bit about your story and how did you, I mean, how did you start getting interested in crypto and NFTs? What led you there? Yeah. So, so the NFT story goes back a little bit further, actually. So I, I've been an artist and a programmer basically my, my whole life. So when I was in high school, those are pretty much the only two subjects I really did anything for. I just fit everything else around them. Uh, and Kind of at the end of high school, I had to decide, do I want to be a starving artist or a programmer who could pay the bills uh, and <laughs> decided to become a programmer uh, and then kind of got, got went into mostly working in fintech and, you know, asset managers and financial services organizations. So, so that's kind of where the finance tech side of it comes from. Uh, but then all the way through, I was painting and drawing and doing generative art and, you know, all kinds of stuff mainly just for my own interest, not really uh, uh, to pay the bills at all. Uh, and 
So that was always kind of sitting around in the background. And then around 2016, I I worked in my first job when I left high school. I moved to London and I was working there for a bit. And in 2016, I worked out that because the South African Rand, which is where I come from, South Africa, the South African Rand's purchasing power had, had dropped so much uh, over the, the, the period from – I was in London in 2001 and that was in 20, 2016. So over the 15 years, it had dropped so much that I was actually earning more in dollars in my first job than I was 15 years later, kind of very senior in a large um, asset manager. Uh, and and then this, this just made me – look for something, a way for me to get out of the South African financial system that was just wasn't kind of, you know, serving me very well. Uh, and because of, you know, the apartheid legacy, it's hard to get um, visas and passports to, to other countries if you're South African. Nice. Crypto kind of was my only option. Uh, and hmm. so I started kind of investing some a lot of my, my spare cash into crypto uh, and that was 2016. And then around about 2018, I went full-time into crypto. I co-founded an exchange. I was there for almost two years, uh, took a little bit of time off. And then kind of early in 2020, uh, I was starting to look for the, for the next thing. Uh, and then kind of stumbled on the NFT uh, idea with one of my co-founders. Wow, what a story. Very interesting. Yeah, I have one of my best friends who grew up in South Africa as well in Cape Town. Mm. And I visited her now it's been about 10, 12 years ago. And when I was there, she was talking about this issue that she, you know, that it was hard for them to get visas to travel or live other places. And yep. she was talking about the, the currency there and, and wages and, and her and her husband had very good jobs. But it's just very interesting because I think we live here, most of us listening probably live in America, and it it just feels foreign to us that we would even need to look for an alternate currency or an alternate way to build wealth. And so I think when I have a lot of conversations with people about cryptocurrency and NFTs, that's what kind of makes their head tilt a little bit like, well, why would we even need something else? But I think what's fascinating about your story is you're sharing a different perspective on that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would even say, you know, for a lot of people in the developed world, you don't really need a cryptocurrency, right? But uh, as long as you can trust your government and that they're making good decisions, uh, which I guess if you're from, <laughs> if you're from Africa and, you know, have, you know, so in South Africa, you know, the, the apartheid government wasn't great and the post-apartheid government isn't doing much better. Um, so so there isn't this huge sense of trust that um, the state is going to get things right. So right. I think in places like um, where you have a more unstable political system, maybe not as sound monetary policy, it is really attractive and it, it does... It doesn't have to be that good to be better than what we currently have, um, which which I think is, I mean, if, especially for the dollar, you know, like you can use it anywhere, you know, everything else is kind of dependent on the dollar. You've got the strongest economy in the world. So it's, you know, it, um, it's, it's a different class of problem, I think. It's fascinating. Fascinating. Well, I want to get into a little bit of the, the nitty gritty of NFTs. Uh, I'm sure some listeners probably have heard of this. Uh, I love your insight. So, you know, obviously last year, Jack Dorsey of Twitter created this NFT, uh, the first ever treat, tweet, sold it for $2.9 million. Recently, that same NFT sold at an auction for only, I think it was like $280, something mm. like that. A mm. little bit of a of difference in price there. So, 
you know, for our listeners, why would someone invest in NFTs right now? Or why would I invest in an NFT? Does it, does it make sense for me? Yeah, I think I w- I'm very hesitant to tell people to invest in NFTs uh, because it, it's so difficult to know which project is going to do well. Uh, I would, I would, if you want to start dabbling, I would rather start approaching it from a more cultural or fun perspective. These projects just are fun, um, and uh, sometimes what happens is you. You know, you don't know which project is going to take off, but you just you kind of get attracted to one that you like, uh, and then sometimes you get lucky and you make a lot of money. But it's really hard to pick the winners, and, and it really should be something that you you do not expecting this to be the way that you pay the bills, unless you're in it full time and you know all of the people and you hear about things happening before everybody else. It's really difficult to um, to actually consistently make money. Uh, so I would start by just getting into the ethos and the vibe. Find a cool project that you like, uh, you know, that's relatively cheap, and 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 play around a little bit. Um, so I think it's more of a, it's kind of where social media was in the very early days. You don't really right. and trying to pick what well, which social platform is going to win, right? Um, <laughs> it's that's that was very tricky. Was it Friendster or Facebook or um, you know, MySpace? You know, there's all of these previous iterations um but i guess the difference is if you were an early facebook user and you happen to have a profile on there you didn't make any money off of that whereas in these nft projects if you are the early person playing around in it and the project is successful there is actually a financial you share in some of the upside along with the the creators of the project which is i think very different from uh, what was uh, kind of happening in the past Yes, tell me a little bit more about that, about how you share in the upside. Yeah, so I'll give you maybe a good example is to actually take one artist and, and this talk a little because otherwise it gets very abstract. Uh, so Yeah, I agree, I agree. So so there's this artist, her name's Josie Bellini, uh, and she's been around from the very early days. And she, she was a traditional artist and she started just making like crypto themed paintings and then tokenizing them and selling them as NFTs. So she would physically paint them, take a high quality digital image of this, put that onto the blockchain, mint an NFT on that and start selling those. So so she started off like that. But then what she started doing is she said, well, anybody who already owns one of my artworks can buy those things directly from me for a significant discount to what they sell for on the secondary market. So if you're already one of her supporters, you could buy things for very cheap. Um, and then almost immediately be guaranteed that you made a profit in that. So she was basically saying, hey, you helped me early on. So therefore you get cheap access to my um, to my future artworks. Got so it. then she did this for a little while. And then recently she released this project called Cyber Brokers. And Cyber Brokers is a... Um, it's like CryptoPunks. There's 10,000 of these characters and they've got a whole world that they're doing. They've got a podcast and stories and you know quests that people do. Uh, but again... If you own some of her previous work, you could um, go mint, which is what they call creating um, uh, these NFTs. So when you create an NFT, it's called minting it. Uh, so you could go mint for a cheaper price. So so there's this kind of sense of community and like trying trying to find a way to to 
give some rewards and leave a little bit of the upside for the people that have supported you. And those are the projects that tend to do well. And it's very kind of in the ethos of the space. Now, there's probably lots of other artists who are doing something similar who didn't then become famous, right? So, so again, right. you can't guarantee that this is a, all you have to do is, you know, find one of these people and then you'll be a millionaire. Uh, but it's just, I just think it shows the kind of thinking that's in the space. Like people and projects are thinking about how do I bring, you know, my supporters along and make sure that they also benefit. Uh, also, I mean, obviously there's also lots of scammers out there, right? So um, you also have to be careful. So then how do we know, is there a checklist or is it just we're we're looking to buy projects that interest us? Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it from, from like a, you know, true like beginner perspective. Mm. If I'm interested in getting an NFTs, like how do I know where the scammers are, where they aren't? I mean, is there a way for me to assess a project? There are, but it's, it's quite tricky. Um, you know, because it becomes more like early stage venture capital investment where you, 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 you know about the plan. You've got some sense about the team and who they are. Um, you know, do they seem to have been building a good community in their discord? What's the quality of the art like? Are they doing something new and innovative? You know, so all of these very fuzzy factors that require quite a lot of work to then go and, um, uh, like, pick a few winners and even then you'll probably be right like three out of 10 times. <laughs> so, so really it is, you know, if you're going to do it as an investment, you need to think about it like a venture capitalist where they expect seven of their investments to go to zero, two of them to break even and one to make a huge amount of money. Uh, I think, you know, that's the kind of approach that you need to take. Unfortunately, the way it is now is, you know, two years ago, I could have told you to, you know, go buy a CryptoPunk or a Autoglyph, you know, because they were still kind of one and a half Ether at the time. But now all the projects that are actually less risky are so expensive that they're not really within the reach of, um, you know, of normal people, you know, so, uh, right. the, so the more established it is, the safer it is. But the but the more established it is, the more expensive it is. Uh, so uh, it's yeah, it's a it's a tricky thing to get into. Uh, and the other thing that also happens with these assets is, you know, at least if you buy, you know, you know, a cryptocurrency and the price drops, you can kind of always sell it. But some of these projects is just nobody wants to buy them, and you're just stuck with them forever, right? So uh, it 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 is highly risky. Um, there's a lot of people who got lucky for because they were in it early. And then there's a lot of people who do it professionally who make a lot of money. But I would say it's, it's quite risky if you're not really, really, really into it. But because everything happens out in the open and it's all in discords, you know, there's nothing stopping someone from just putting in the work and learning, right? There's no secret information or anything like that. Uh, it's just a complex space with lots of moving factors. And you really need to take a deep dive if you're going to spend any serious money um, as like a financial investment. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. 
Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. 
I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. It's harder than ever to find clothes that will stand the test of time. But if you're looking for pieces designed to last, you can't go wrong with American Giant. From hoodies and t-shirts to denim and more, they've got everything you need to build a wardrobe that you'll be proud of for years to come. Shop wardrobe essentials that last a lifetime at American-Giant.com and use LT23 to get 20% off your first order. That's 20% off your first order, American-Giant.com, code LT23. Yeah, so thinking about NFTs as investments, I know it, Niftify, you've created some sort of system. I'd love to hear more about it, about how people can use NFTs to access liquidity. Tell me how that works. Yeah, sure. So um, the closest would actually be to compare it to the the non-traditional finance market. So so this is typically, um, you know, more specialized lenders who deal with, often it's sportsmen or musicians who have a lot of uh, they've got a, you know, a contract that's worth a lot of money, but they don't actually have any cash in the bank. Uh, and they're looking to, right. you know, buy a house or, you know, buy another Bentley or something. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then what they'll do is they'll go to these specialty lenders and they'll say, okay, take my contract and tell them, give me a loan against it. Um, and then I'll sign a contract saying that I will, you know, I will transfer the funds uh, to you if I don't repay on a certain period, uh, time. So it's it's kind of a one-to-one deal uh, using something like non-standard as collateral. Like ho- homes are also kind of similar to that. Uh, and then, but what we've done now is because all of these things live on the blockchain, it's quite easy for us to take those um, assets and lock them in our smart contract and hold them in escrow in a very secure way where we don't have access to them, the borrower doesn't have access to them, and the lender doesn't have access to them unless they either repay the loan or the loan is foreclosed because the period, um, the loan period is up. So because everything is now on the blockchain and everything is pro- programmable, it's very easy for us to, to know for sure that this NFT is the real thing. And move it into and out of escrow without, you know, having to, you know, go to your house to take this painting out of off your wall to go give it to this guy who you who you borrowed money from, right? So, right. Um, and then the way it works is that if you've got a, a high value NFT, you can come to our website and you say, "Hey, I'm looking to get a loan using this um, NFT uh, uh, as collateral," 
and then lenders will basically make you offers. So, you know, one lender will say, I'll give you, you know, $10,000 over five, um, uh, five days or another one will say, I'll give you $15,000 over 30 days. Um, and then you pick which of those loans you like. Uh, and then once the loan starts, the, the asset is held in escrow and then you've got the loan period to repay. And if you repay, you get your asset back. And if you don't repay, the lender gets your asset. It's very, very simple. So thinking about that uh, is because all of this, right? Cryptocurrency, NFTs, all of this is built on blockchain. Yes. Do you do you think, I mean, is this really going to revolutionize how we, like how we interact with money? I think, so I think, for NFTs, I think it's going to actually have a bigger impact on culture. Um, so if you think about like how do you – NFTs are almost like memes that you can invest in. It's like it's a really weird concept, but it's like it's – you know, you can uh, – say a musician – makes like music with nfts and you're one of the people who's got like great taste and you're always finding those new bands before anybody else finds them before there was nothing you could kind of do to to kind of buy into their success you just really would just tell your friends and then tell everybody hey you know i told you about them before they were cool um, whereas right. <laughs> now you can like, invest in that uh, and you're seeing these these artists before if you wanted to be an artist you either were mega rich or you did art on the side and then did work for advertising agencies or movie studios uh, or you were poor and you were trying to pay the bills like there was no kind of artistic middle class really uh, and i think what's starting to happen with this nft space is all of a sudden you know you can you can sell you can make an nft in your you know office in cape town where i'm from and sell it on a global stage or somebody can do the same from you know like uh, from nairobi or you know an island somewhere you all of a sudden have this equal playing field and so many more people that are interested in buying these assets so so you have this whole group of people now who are making a living from producing art who aren't necessarily mega rich but they have this middle class now of people who can um, you can be creative for a living, uh, and and I think this is going to kind of roll out into more and more creative and passion endeavors like musicians and sportsmen who are maybe not in a in a, a, a sport that you can easily get sponsorship for and you know live a great life. Uh, all of a sudden, you have these ways to monetize um, your passion in a way and that wasn't that easy before. Interesting. Yeah, I would I would think with specifically with athletes, that would be really interesting because uh, I don't know how it is in other sports around the world. But in in America and a lot of sports, if an athlete is injured, specifically like football, if an athlete is injured, yeah. Uh, then they don't get paid if they can't play. And so seeing NFTs is another way to, I mean, a lot of people could argue, well, they're an athlete, they're going to pay millions and millions of dollars. Why would this matter? But if an athlete has a really short uh, time span that they're actually are an athlete making that kind of money, I could see this as NFTs is a really interesting way to just create more revenue. Yeah, exactly. And it's a way to, for the, for the, and the artists or the sportsmen to directly sell to their users and not kind of through the app store or through um, Spotify or something like that. Uh, you know, so there's, um, 
Yeah, so there's a much more direct path between the the artist and and, and the collector, uh, and, and that's one something I've noticed. You know, so as I'm buying as I'm buying NFTs and so on, you often you know if you own one of the artist's NFTs, they can see very easily that you own it, and then you form a relationship with them, and you tend to kind of get to know them a little bit. Um, so it is this way of kind of connecting you with someone who you just really want to support them as a creative um, individual. Um, and then, you know, maybe they become famous, maybe they don't. But, uh, you know, I think <laughs> the way to approach it really would be to be find something that you resonate with that you wouldn't mind owning anyway um, and, and stick to that. It's kind of like it feels to me like the 2022 version of how people used to have, I don't know, like baseball card collections yeah. or stamp collections or something like that. And a lot of people wouldn't collect those things to actually sell them. They just collected it because it felt like a novelty and something they loved. But what you're explaining to us is that NFTs also potentially have this ability to have some sort of value that is that is worth something to you. Yep, and it stays yours, right? In the in the same way that like the difference between buying a picture of a um, of a, a sports card is not the same as actually owning it because because you, you can actually sell the physical thing. Now you can sell a digital thing, uh, and actually the, the I don't know if you know there's a project called NBA Top Shot. And NBA Top Shot is exactly what you described. It's baseball, um, basketball card collections where they take moments from big games and sell them in packs, but they're NFTs. Uh, and they work exactly like um, uh, baseball and basketball cards, uh, it, like physical ones work. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international best-selling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? then it's time to become Mentally Stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts.
Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meeting from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards will remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have, with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We've had so many different guests on this show that have talked about you know, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, blockchain. We've had someone in the past who actually talked a little bit about NFTs. Some people loved it. Some people are not against it, but just don't quite understand it. What do you think is the future of, of cryptocurrency in general? I mean, is this something we should really be understanding and paying attention to? I think so. I mean, my career is in it, so I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but yes, I think I think for a lot of the reasons where, that that I mentioned earlier on the cryptocurrency side, it's it's a way to have a money where you don't have to rely on politicians making good decisions, uh, which you know I think in today's world, I think there's always going to, there's always a chance that somebody becomes into power that you completely disagree with, right? There doesn't seem to be kind of a middle ground anymore. It's either the one side or the other side, right? right? So, so, and I think it's becoming more real to, to kind of the, uh, more people in the world, but like having a money that you can't have politicians fiddling with, I think is important for us over the long run. And then I think for NFTs, my, I think that NFTs are kind of be, to like web three what web pages were to to the previous internet like at the moment we're just kind of like messing around a little bit but we have no idea what it's going to be um in the long run uh and i think it's going to be a very key component to how culture works on a global scale um and, and going to be a way to replace a lot of these central um, central entities controlled by individuals and move it more into a kind of communities and movements where the, the owners of the, um, of the assets are the people kind of moving things forward and making things happen. Uh, so I'm very excited about it. What about regulation? Do you think that's coming? Do you think that's needed? Will that ruin cryptocurrency? No, I think regulation is coming. I think regulation is needed. I think it's just about doing regulation in a way that's actually practical. Uh, and, and I think what's happening at the moment is a lot of people, a lot of governments are trying to fit it into existing frameworks, uh, that were written in the forties, uh, to protect people against things that were happening then, uh, which, right. which I think, I think that's the main problem I have with regulation. I think, but I think, people are kind of catching on, you know, people, there's been enough time now for, for regulators to start understanding the space a little bit more. You, you know, there's a lot of people who, who understand crypto very, very well working um, in these government agencies. So I think it's just going to be a matter of finding ways to 
prevent, you know, terrorist financing and money laundering and, you know, all of those bad things that we all agree we don't want, but not completely cripple the good things uh, about crypto. And, and some of the good things for, are for people who live in countries where the government doesn't, you know, have their best interests at heart. Like they need an escape hatch. And, you know, to have that escape hatch, sometimes it means that, you know, people are going to also use that to do things that we don't like. So right. it's, tri- it's tricky. It's tricky. Right. Everything comes with the, the pros and cons, right? It's, it's hard to, uh, to separate that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, you could use a, you, um, you can use a scalpel to, to, um, heal someone or hurt them, right? It's, uh, right. <laughs> it's, it's just a tool. It depends on what your, your intention are and how you use it. Well, we've got so many different listeners, and I'm sure somebody listening is curious about, we, we dabbled a little bit in this, but is curious about, okay, if I, if I actually wanted to create an NFT, mm. wh- what is that process? You talked a little bit about minting, but how do you go about saying like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to create this NFT and I'm going to put it out there for the world? Yeah. So, so a lot of the platforms where you can, um, uh, buy and sell them. So things like OpenSea or Rarible, uh, there's a Super Rare, so there's a whole bunch of these platforms who all kind of specialize in different aspects of it. But many of them actually have a whole creator section where they build tools that allow people without much technical capability to, you know, to basically artists who don't know how to program the blockchain, which is, you know, the majority of them. Uh, to to allow them to kind of mint their own things. So um, on, and usually it's free except the costs of the actual um, uh, like uh, blockchain transactions. Uh, so which can be quite expensive to be honest uh, with with the the cost of minting on Ethereum at the moment, but. There are also other projects that run on different blockchains that are slightly faster, like that, that NBA top shots run on flow and their transactions are free, for example. But, uh, I would check out Rarible, OpenSea, uh, Super Rare, uh, you know, uh, Mintbase. There's a few, there's a few of them. Okay. All right. So it, it's possible for us. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. It's the same way that, you know, like Instagram made it easy to take a picture on your phone. There's lots of projects trying to make it that easy to mint um, uh, NFTs. I suspect actually Instagram is going to add a ability to mint NFTs in the not too distant future. Interesting. Doesn't surprise me, right? <laughs> nope. Well, we've talked about so much, so I would love for you to, to leave us all, if, if, we're, if we're curious, we're thinking about NFTs, what are sort of some parting words you want us to remember? Yeah, so I, I think be careful about using this as an investment vehicle. Uh, I would start trying to have some fun and seeing if there's something that resonates with you. Uh, because that's how all of the original guys got into it. They were, you know, they were doing this before there was any money to be made um, in the space. They just had fun doing stuff. And there's lots of cool things to do. Uh, it's fully online, but, uh, you know, I think um, a lot of stuff has moved online. Uh, but yeah, I tried out, you know, like the, with uh, cyber brokers, for example, they have monthly scavenger hunts where they have these clues that the whole community kind of gets together to try um, unpack and figure out what the solution is. And if you if you get the solution, you win an NFT. Uh, it's just fun. It's fun. So I would I would take that. And I think the most important thing I, I think is this is going to permeate into 
every part of uh, kind of consumer society, I think, in the same way that social did and mobile did um, before that. Uh, and I think if you're playing now and dabbling now, you're very early and you can still, you know, I think the knowledge that you gain from playing is almost more important than the the uh, financial gain that you're going to make. And then once you have the knowledge, it's easier to make uh, a little bit of money as well. Well, Stephen, this has been a fun conversation. So I love the idea that you're encouraging us to to go out there and have some fun. I'd love for you to tell everyone listening, if they're interested in connecting with you or learning more about NiftyFi, where do they go? Yeah, sure. You can uh, check us out on uh, the internet. We're uh, www.nftfi.com uh, or you can check us out on Twitter. Our handle is NFTFI. I am still not 100% sure of what I think about NFTs, if I'm going to be honest. I really like the idea of them in theory, a digital meme that you can easily trade or sell, but something in me still likes to feel something tangible I can hold. But then I think about investing in stocks, and I can't hold my shares of Apple. They're just there doing their thing every day. So maybe in the right situation for the right person, investing in NFTs actually does make sense. As with everything, don't just jump on a fad because you're afraid of FOMO. Think about what makes sense for you, your life, and your money. One thing is for sure, I know a lot more about NFTs after talking to Steven. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as well. If you have, share it with a few friends that you think need to get educated on NFTs as well. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode.